Ghislaine Maxwell has been found guilty on five of the six counts she has been charged with. Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of the mRNA technology, has been banned from Twitter for spreading misinformation. Crazed LGBTQ teachers had made yet another comeback with their latest string of insane admissions on how they're indoctrinating your kids. And in the spirit of Christmas, which just passed, we'll go over the craziest war on Christmas stories and videos that you may have missed. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in and of course, leaving that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We reached our milestone of 300 reviews and I am so, so grateful. I read each and every single one of your reviews. But again, if you are a podcast listener or if you're here on YouTube, please always remember you can find the show on podcasts if for some reason you don't find me on YouTube because I've been censored. Head over to the podcast, leave a five-star review if you like the show. Also remember to go to the website, SavSaysOfficial.com and locals, SavSays.locals.com to continue to support your girl. All right, let's get into the news today because there's a lot going on. Now, before we jump straight into that, I just want to talk about a little story, what I experienced today while I was living my normal life. I'm driving down the road and I see this long line of cars and I'm like, okay, are people picking up their kids from school? What's going on here? Super long line of cars, people just sitting there in the middle of the road. They're taking up an entire lane and I realize they're standing in line for free COVID testing. And it just sparked this little little spark of rage within me because I realized we're going into year three of this and we're still doing this complete and utter nonsense. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about a national divorce yet again. We're going to be getting that getting to that here in a moment. But that's the first thing that popped into my mind. And of course, the concept of secession or national divorce is something that is very serious. We are a huge country. So the concept of actually doing that would be much difficult, much more difficult to apply than it would be to say. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more. But I wanted to start off the show with that because, again, three years in, we're still dealing with this complete and utter insanity. But let's jump into the news and what is currently going on, starting off with some good news today. The fact that Ghislaine Maxwell has been found guilty on five of the six charges that she has been hit with from the Daily Mail. Ghislaine Maxwell, 60, is found guilty of sex trafficking underage girls for Jeffrey Epstein, showed no emotion as verdict was read out, and now faces up to 65 years in prison. And to that, I say good. Let's keep reading. Ghislaine Maxwell was found guilty of sex trafficking charges on Wednesday after six days of deliberation. A jury of six men and six women found the British socialite <clears throat> pedophile guilty on five of six counts, all except enticing an individual under the age of 17 to travel to with intent to engage in illegal sex acts. She faces a minimum sentence of 65 years. The six count sex trafficking of an individual under the age of 18 carries a maximum sentence of 40 years and her family released a statement saying that they firmly believe in their sister's innocence. Okay. Key moments of the trial included the moment Jeffrey Epstein's massage table was brought into the court for jurors to see and the claim that Maxwell may have been pregnant. Women claim Maxwell had recruited them when they were teens to take part in orgies with Epstein in his properties around the world. And Maxwell declined to give evidence at her trial saying that the government has not provided or proved its case beyond a reasonable doubt. So there's no reason to testify. So of course she's trying to say that she's innocent in all of this. And uh, we will read a little bit more uh, from 
her accusers here in the AP, again, those jurors deliberating for uh, five days before finding Maxwell guilty of those five of six counts. Uh, let me see here. One of her victims, Annie Farmer, said she was grateful the jury recognized Maxwell's pattern of predatory behavior. She's quoted saying she has caused hurt to many more women than the few of us who had the chance to testify in the courtroom. She said in a prepared statement, I hope that this verdict brings solace to all who need it and demonstrates that no one is above the law. Even those with great power and privilege will be held accountable when they sexually abuse and exploit the young. No sentencing date has yet been set. Now, while this is a big win and a major victory that Ghislaine Maxwell was found guilty at the same time, as Jack Posobiec brings up for us, we now know the FBI uncovered 20,000 images from Epstein's mansion in Manhattan, multiple hard drives, multiple CDRs, and now they are sealed. This isn't an investigation. This is a cover-up. Remember that James, Com James Comey's daughter was the, I believe, the prosecutor in this case. And so many people are speculating and talking about how the biggest thing to come out of this case is that all of those images, all of those hard drives, all of those documents have now been sealed. And alongside all of the names of the perpetrators, all of the names of the people who were involved with Epstein. Again, Jack Posobiec points out, we now know the FBI uncovered or sorry, <clears throat> my call from the start has been that they want Maxwell locked up, everyone gagged and everything sealed and never to speak of the Epstein network again. Now, this was one of the most high profile cases of the century. It should have been at the forefront of the news and it should have been at the forefront of the news for a while now. Remember that Amy Robach of ABC News was caught on tape by Project Veritas saying that she could have exposed Epstein years back, but the network was like, no, don't do it. It's not a big deal. So we've had the media hiding the Epstein story. We've had the media completely silent on this entire case. And now we have those documents and all of these hard drives and images sealed up alongside all of the names of the people who are complicit in this gigantic child sex trafficking ring. So while it is great that Ghislaine is found guilty as she should have been because she's a disgusting pedophile. At the same time, let's not forget some of the people who were named in the Little Black Book. Remember that Bill Clinton, it was found in one of Epstein's mansion, a picture of Bill Clinton in a blue dress with red high heels on. Don't forget that that happened. Uh, also, this Newsweek article kind of just goes over some of the names of the people who flew on Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Express, of course, including Donald Trump. We have Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, Chris Tucker, Bill Gates, Prince Andrew. The list goes on and on. Uh, Alec Baldwin was also one of the names that was exposed during this trial. But now, along with this case, the entire elite group of psychopathic pedophiles who was involved with this is going to get off the hook. That's what it looks like right now. Here's hoping that that's not what happens, but that's what it's looking like. So we'll see what happens. We'll have to keep praying and hoping that justice is served because this was a disgusting and corrupt act that was committed. Gigantic child sex trafficking rings. Look into Jeffrey Epstein. Look into his past. Look into all the horrendous crimes that he committed because it happened for decades, maybe a decade, maybe decades. It happened for multiple years. It happened for a lot longer than it should have. And nobody stopped it. It was a well-known secret like Harvey Weinstein, if you will. So that is the latest update on that. And now we move into 
the national divorce comments that are being made by Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene and why is national divorce at the forefront of our hearts and minds? Because we are living in two separate Americas, I have done shows previously where I talk about the tale of two Americas. Which America are you living in? Are you living in the America that is stricken with fear and terror because Dr. Fauci said that COVID, which has an over 99% survival rate, will murder you and your whole family? Or are you living in the freedom-loving America where you have your freedom of speech and you're not afraid of a virus and you're just living your life? Which America do you live in? Because as we continue on in this country, the division between the two, the right and the left side, if you will, becomes more and more stark. From the Daily Mail, yet again, Marjorie Taylor Greene calls for a national divorce from the East and West Coast and taxes on Californians and New Yorkers moving to different parts of the country. The Georgia Republican retweeted a user's post calling for red states to withhold the right to vote from recent transplants who move from blue states. In October, she launched an informal poll asking Americans whether they wanted a national divorce between Republican and Democrat-led areas. A majority of the respondents said they did not, but 43% agreed with her. In an earlier social media tirade per the Daily Mail, Green referred to opponents as termites. And again, this comes amid warnings from multiple experts about the chance of civil war. So those are the latest comments from Marjorie Taylor Greene. And we all know that Democrats moving from the East and West Coast to predominantly red states, Texas, Florida, Tennessee, We all know what's going to happen to these states. We're already seeing it happening here in Texas with Austin, Texas, okay, our state's capital. What is happening? Newest, latest and greatest hotspot. All the comedians, all the celebrities are moving to Austin. Guess what? Crime went up. Corruption went up uh, because the Democrat mayor absolutely destroyed that city. And then all the Democrats that fleed their shithole states are now going to vote in the exact same policies and politicians that initially ruined their states. So again, I I don't know if I necessarily, no, I think I do agree that there should be a period of time in which these new transplants are allowed to vote on like local or state politics if they've just moved from California or New York because they are fundamentally changing the way these red states run because they think that they're going to come in from the crap states that they just left and make Texas a better place, make it more progressive and inclusive. And it's like, no, that is the reason why you're living or you were living in a failed state. Like, don't bring that over here. So anyways, that's some of the rhetoric from Marjorie Taylor Greene and also When I talk about the contrast of the two Americas, uh, this was a line in Arlington to get a COVID test. Let's just watch some of this B-roll here. So what you guys are seeing is just a line of people in Arlington, Virginia, who are waiting to get a COVID test. And this line stretches for what I would say is just miles, okay, of sheep, of people who are apparently scared of COVID or have to get tested for work. Who knows what it really is at this point? But I saw this exact same thing today, except not in, well, I guess Virginia isn't blue anymore. I guess Virginia is more red, but uh, in the blue state of Texas, which you wouldn't normally think you would see these types of things. 
Now, I initially thought that all of these lines were just being hyped up on social media, that these types of pictures that you're seeing on screen of people reaching for COVID tests and lining up and waiting in their cars. I really thought that it was just the media trying to hype up and scare people into thinking that Omicron is this scary new thing. They need to go get tested for it. But then again, I saw this in Texas in my own damn state. And I'm like, okay, so I really have no hope for any anything or anyone anymore uh, because Texas has been infiltrated by commies, by leftists, by liberals, call them what you will. And there's a part of me that doesn't want to be divisive and wants to say, okay, as Americans, let's all come together. Let's heal our country together. But then at the same time, I see these people in Texas and I'm like, you're a scared individual unwilling to stand up for your rights and freedoms, which would ultimately translate into 2A. For example, um, if the police came to those types of people's door and said, hey, we're going to take your guns now, they would be like, okay, please, I'm going to listen to you. Okay, government, I'm going to listen to you. And then those are the same people as well that would vote in, again, all of these gun policies that would vote in Beto O'Rourke to Senate here in Texas. So just an absolute mess. And um These are the people that are allowed to dictate, again, the majority of our reality Uh, from MSNBC. Nicole Wallace says that she's a Fauci groupie. She's thrice vaccinated and she wears masks all the time unless she's sitting down. She's a freaking psychopath. Let's watch. Yeah, I mean. Jason, you see how difficult this is for this administration. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Fauci groupie. I'm a thrice vaccinated mask adherent. I buy KN95 masks, buy the, you know, caseload. They're in every pocket. I wear them everywhere except when I sit down. And I am certain that this is not a variant I can outrun. And. Okay, I bet she's really fun at parties. Someone in the chat just said that I should differentiate between uh, liberals, leftists, and commies. Okay, I guess I'll give you the differentiation there. But to be quite honest with you, uh, all of those people fall into the same progressive group for me. Um, People who still self-identify as liberals, I have found, again, they're very progressive. And because they're so compassionate and empathetic, they will vote in these bad policies. So that's what I mean when I say that and I kind of group them all together. If it's an unfair assumption to make and put them all in the same group, then okay. But uh, that's honestly where I've gotten to with my politics just because of what I've seen, what I've watched over the past four years, what I witnessed with my own two eyes last year with the riots and the looting and all of the people who supported that. Anyway, let's get back to the news now Uh, from Fox News. And again, I'm just highlighting right here the people that I don't want to live with and I don't want to share a country with anymore. I feel like a lot of people hold the same sentiment. And you guys have the the pleasure of getting to watch me live here on my YouTube channel, figure out what the path forward is. Because again, I don't want to be divisive, but then when I see videos like that, when I see the mainstream media talking like that, when I see these people lining up for COVID tests for a third year in a row, when I see Fox News headlines like this one, Florida Surgeon General says Biden admin actively preventing monoclonal antibody treatments. The administration recently paused shipments of two COVID-19 antibody treatments. When I see these types of headlines, when I see our country being completely destroyed from within. 
what do I say? What do I do? And I have talked about previously how America is such a strong country that we do have to be destroyed from within. It's the concept of the Trojan horse, if you will. America from the outside, we're a big country. We'd be hard to attack with where our military is currently at. Maybe not so much anymore. We'll be getting into that here in a moment. But America is a world superpower. We're a strong country. Therefore, we have to be destroyed from within. It's why I've talked about the different stages of subversion, how to subvert a country. Uh, KGB propagandist expert Yuri Bezmenov laid out beautifully and perfectly what was going to happen in America. And we see it every single day. Uh, we're, we're a strong country. We have to be destroyed from within, which is why we are seeing our fellow Americans the ones that are burning our flag. It's why we see our fellow Americans, the ones so willing to give up their rights and their freedoms. So which America do you want to live in? I ask this question all the time. So some people are living in that America. Other people are living in this type of America. Uh, Joe Rogan, he sold out his sold out show. He has since canceled over COVID mandates. Joe Rogan is sticking to his guns, canceling an upcoming show in Canada. And it's all over the vaccine mandates. Joe is scheduled to perform in Vancouver, but British Columbia requires proof of vaccination in various situations and venues. The show, which is sold out, was supposed to go down to the Rogers Arena. And that's one of the venues requiring proof of vaccination. But um, he's not doing it. He canceled the show because Joe Rogan, and granted, this is in Canada, but he's deciding to live in the type of America where he makes these decisions. He makes the hard choice to make a stand and say, you know what, I'm not going to support that in my country. I'm not going to support that in another country. He is putting rights and freedoms over money. That's a very admirable thing. It's something that not many people are willing to do, but it's what people are ultimately going to be faced with and again, that's the the decision maker in which America you, you truly want to live in. Now, let's go into Christmas. Let's get into a little bit more of a lighthearted subject, because last week we took the week off. But there was a lot of war on Christmas news that happened and a lot of weird articles and headlines that I thought would be funny to go over. But one of the funniest was Joe Biden, who was on a live stream talking to Americans, talking to callers. And I'm sure many of you have already seen this clip, but it's, I don't even know if it's hilarious at this point as much as it is sad because we are watching our president deteriorate from dementia before our very eyes. Uh, but basically this father calls in, says, let's go, Brandon. And here was Joe Biden's response. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry Christmas and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> okay, so Joe Biden said, F Joe Biden, I agree. Uh, just so we're all aware and clear on what Let's Go Brandon stands for. And it was hilarious, too, because the media went on a tirade and said that this was immature. It was awful, that we shouldn't be saying Let's Go Brandon, that it's a threat to democracy, blah, blah, blah. They hunted this man down. It was the worst thing they've ever seen in their lives. And why was it the worst thing they've ever seen in their lives? Because they can't cover for Joe Biden anymore. When Joe Biden puts his foot in his mouth that bad and says, yeah, let's go, Brandon, which is code for F Joe Biden. When Joe Biden himself says F Joe Biden, it's like either you agree with this us at this point because you realize that you're doing such a bad job as the leader of our country or you are a dementia ridden old man who should not be holding 
any type of leadership position or role in this country, and he should step down immediately, most likely the latter. But that's something funny that happened over Christmas. What else happened? We had CNN coming forward with this most beautiful Christian, Christ-loving pastor, or I guess this is a priest, who said that if you're unvaccinated, you shouldn't be allowed to go to church. Let's watch. And I really hope as people gather in celebration to celebrate the birth of Christ, who was about mercy and compassion and love of one another, that we keep that in mind. It's not about us. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a reason to say I'm not going to get vaccinated today. You know, maybe a health reason, but then you can't come to church get services with other people right now. We have a responsibility for one another. Okay, so this priest, this fake man of God, again quoted saying, I don't think the unvaccinated should be gathering in churches for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And then he get, he says, uh, you know, love thy neighbor. I shortened this clip down, but basically he goes on and is like, you know, Christ calls us to be good stewards and to bring peace to each other. And you need to get vaccinated as a way to bring peace to your fellow neighbor. Well, the Bible also talks about not living in fear. And fearing God above all else. And so for this priest to come forward and say that you should fear a virus over fearing God and going to church. Absolutely disgusting. Not a man of God. That's a Satanist in the flesh. And yes, I'm just calling everything satanic at this point because it verifiably is. So there you go. A a Satanist on CNN. What else did we got? We what else did we have from Christmas? What else did we see from Neil deGrasse Tyson? He said, Santa doesn't know zoology. He posts a picture of Santa and his famous reindeer. And he says, both male and female reindeer grow antlers, but all male reindeer lose their antlers in the late fall, well before Christmas. So Santa's reindeer, which all sport antlers, are therefore all female, which mean which means that Rudolph has been misgendered. And again, the only reason I even brought this up because it's so freaking stupid. Like, are we really doing this? Yes, we are. That's why I'm bringing it up. Because progressivism has stretched so far that now Santa, who is fake, now his reindeer being misgendered. Whatever. I'm done with that. We're we're continuing on. From the Washington Post, please don't wish me a Merry Christmas. You know, they say that there's no war on Christmas and that that was all fake and it was hyped up by Christians. And then a couple years later, it's like, oh, yeah, don't wish me a Merry Christmas because it's rude. I don't partake in your religion. F you. That's the modern day. You absolutely hate to see it. From Katie Herzog, a blue check mark on Twitter, she says, yesterday a friend told me that the nonprofit housing company she works for has stopped giving employees Christmas off because something, something religious equity. So I was reading into this a little bit more and uh, basically I'm not sure which nonprofit housing company this is, but I, I want you guys to understand what this manipulation on language of Merry Christmas, what this attack on this religious holiday really means. And again, what this religious equity leads to just the destruction of our traditions, our values, our faith in God, what this country was founded upon. A lot of people like to say that America wasn't founded on Christian values. It's not a Christian nation. Well, it's not anymore. Yeah. Look where that got us. I was reading this article today about how uh, millennials are I believe the least religious group and generation. And it's like, yeah, you can clearly see that in 
our everyday lives and the fact that uh, anxiety and depression rates are skyrocketing. That was pre-pandemic as well. The alcoholism rates, the drug usage rates, the complete lack of God in everybody's life has led to this society of degeneracy and decadence that has led us all down this disgusting path where the traditional family has been destroyed, marriage has been destroyed, and nobody is better because of it. But let's get back into Christmas from Insider. Elf makes fun of disabled adults through Buddy, whether purposeful or not. Of course, people were upset about this article. Do we care about anything that Insider writes? Absolutely not. But again, it's just like, it's Christmas, guys. Really, like, take take the holiday off from your fake outrage about the movie Elf with Will Ferrell. That's ridiculous. And again, all that points to is the fact that these liberals have zero actual things to be upset about in their life. They have no problems in their life. Their lives are so good that they have no problems that, and they're making them up by attacking Elf or writing articles like this one from HuffPo that says, the idea that you need to out-exercise food or earn any treats is extremely common to hear during the holiday season. Here's why this mentality needs to stop and how you can feel good in your body instead. And the headline reads, the toxic phrase we need to stop saying around the holidays because it's super toxic to say that you got to burn off those calories. It's super toxic to say that, you know, maybe if you did binge out on Christmas the next week, you should do a nice cleanse. You should hit the gym. You should, you know, re reevaluate your life choices. Holiday calories are all fun and dandy, but calories do count even on the holidays. My friends, I binged out on Christmas. It was a great time, but I still found time to you know, get in some workouts. And when I came home this week, it's been strict diet back to carnivore going back to the gym. It hasn't been easy. I definitely feel the differentiation in my body when I eat sugary and carb filled foods versus when I'm eating eggs and protein. And the reason why I brought that up, too, is because we're consistently fed this false narrative that body positivity is this beautiful thing. And that it doesn't matter what size or shape you are. Obesity is healthy. And if you're confident, you do you, girl. It's just, you know, just love yourself, love your body. And if you're obese and society says that that's unhealthy or gross, it's society's fault. Remember that there are certain doctors that are now asking people before they weigh them at doctor's appointments. They're giving them little slips of paper and it, it says, like you can basically check off whether or not and ask like, is weighing me medically necessary for this appointment? Because if it's not, I would like to opt out. And again, why is that? It's because doctors are like, okay, you're looking a little bit hefty, my friend. And uh, these are the health conditions that can be associated with being overweight or even underweight. And people didn't like that. And so we were fed this false narrative of body positivity. But this article came out today from the Daily Wire. Uh, BB Rexa cries over her weight gain and says she feels disgusting and embarrassed. And the reason why I wanted to bring up this specific post is because she was a huge advocate for the body positivity movement. The Say My Name singer became a little choked up on a TikTok that she did saying she felt disgusting, like she's in her own body, but she doesn't feel good in her own skin. And when she doesn't feel good, she doesn't want to post. And that's the reason she hasn't been posting in the last year. Now, 
These sentiments contrast previous comments she made. She was posting pictures and TikTok saying, how much do you think I weigh? It doesn't matter because I'm a bad bitch no matter what my weight. She said, let's normalize 165 pounds. The caption for the clip was feeling like a bad bitch today. And I get it. Women come in all shapes and sizes. And maybe 165 for her, just she's a curvy woman. So she looks good at that weight. But again, this normalization of being overweight, because there's a difference between being curvy and being thick and being overweight and obese, we need to stop pushing that body positivity because it is actually toxic. And the same exact people that are pushing that on you are the same ones that are actually secretly miserable. And they're like, yeah, this is not fun. My body doesn't feel good. Remember Melissa McCarthy, she lost all of her weight and then people were upset with her. And she was like, you know what? I don't care what you guys say. My body feels healthier. My mind feels clearer. Again, there was a period of time where I gained a lot of weight and I was like, okay, I could take two paths here. I could keep eating because I was eating out of comfort at that period of time. And I was like, okay, I could keep eating because I'm uncomfortable with my body and it's making me sad. So I could eat more for the comfort that I, I feel when I eat, even though it's leading to me gaining all this weight, or I could decide to, you know, get back to the gym, eat healthier and uh, focus in on my goals. And I decided to do that instead. And the mental clarity that comes from eating healthy and going to the gym and how much better you feel, not only mentally, but physically and spiritually when you take care of your body is so much different than when you, again, engage into that decadent culture of eating whatever you want and not worrying about what society says. And if you're obese and you're overweight, like it's totally cool, dude. Like it's just you're a bad bitch and it's body positivity. No, you're unhealthy and you're only hurting yourself with this type of rhetoric as we're seeing with Baby Rexa. Now, let us continue. Let's get into our school system now, because over the past week, a lot did come out about the state of the American public school. And at this point, if you still send your kid to public school, I mean, that's on you, man. I truly and firmly believe at this point I was homeschooled and I truly and firmly believe that as a mother or a parent, and I know everyone has certain circumstances, but every parent should seriously consider letting another adult raise their child because that's what you're doing. And when you put your kid in daycare, as soon as they're old enough to go, that's what you're doing. As soon as you put your kid in public school, you are allowing another adult to raise your child, to instill their values in your child, and also to become subservient and learn how to listen to authority and just do what they're told and not ask questions, not be creative, to to fit inside of this box. That's why there are so many children. I myself did very bad when I was in public school because I did go until the fourth grade. I was constantly getting in trouble because I liked to talk so much. Look at me now. I talk for a living. Imagine if I stayed in public school and then my ability to talk was continuously suppressed and suppressed and suppressed. And then I realized, okay, talking's a bad thing. I'm just not going to talk anymore. That's what happens when you send your kid to public school. But anyway, let's get into the indoctrination here. Now, I'm sure you guys all saw this. This was a elementary school in Colorado. And they said that they're having a families of color playground night. Again, this came out about a week and a half, almost two weeks ago. So this is old news, but I didn't cover it. So well worth mentioning that we've now gone back to the age of segregation where it's like, sorry, uh, families of color only tonight, white families only tonight. So much progressivism. I hate to see it. Let us continue this tweet from Libs of TikTok. This guy claims a student got detention for calling their non-binary teacher Mr. instead of Mix. 
The tweet goes on to say, I've just been told by a pupil at, I don't know what the name of this high school is. Let me look at this real quick. Cheem High School. That there's a male teacher who identifies as non-binary. He wants to be known as a Nix. A pupil has received a detention for calling X Mr. And then they say, my God, what has happened to this country? So I was looking into that story. It's not confirmed. But again, we have seen all of the TikToks of these teachers saying, um, yeah, I have my preschool students call me mixed because sometimes I'm more feminine and sometimes I'm more male and sometimes I identify as a fish. And it makes it really hard to teach on the days that I identify as a fish uh, because I'm a fish and I can't teach but I still have to do it. Modern society is like torture. That's genuinely how I view all these psychopaths. So here's one of the latest TikToks that I've seen of a preschool teacher. Now, what you guys are seeing here um, is a preschool teacher who says to the parents who refuse to talk to their kids about their sexuality. I'm a non-binary preschool teacher. And I talk to my students about pronouns, uh, transness, gender, hang on, the, the words are going so fast, gender expression and sexuality. So this is a preschool teacher. Let's just, again, watch that and understand what our children are being targeted with. If you don't want to talk to your child about sexuality because they're a preschooler, don't worry. This psychopath liberal will do it for you. Pronouns, transness, gender expression, and sexuality, because the perfect and most opportune moment to talk to your three-year-old um, about sexuality is at school from a stranger when they're three years old. And they probably still think that they can be a superhero and fly or maybe they want to become a truck when they grow up. Like that's literally little kids. And that's what these psychopaths are targeting our children with. But it gets worse. We also have another TikTok teacher who made a beautiful admission for us. I don't know why these people do this, but let's listen. So I posted a TikTok yesterday about how I start conversations about gender and sexuality with my students. Uh, I ended up privating it for unrelated reasons, um, but I got a lot of weird feedback where some people like, you shouldn't start these conversations. You shouldn't talk about this with your kids. Yeah, you should. Because for these kids to know that a queer adult exists, to know that trans people exist and are normal is life changing to them. They need someone to start those conversations because they don't know they have the permission to ask me about Okay, um, they have the permission to ask me about these types of things. Your job is to teach students about math or science, writing, reading, you know, the curriculum. Maybe the reason why we're failing so horribly as a society, education-wise, is because these are our teachers. And... This is why in the modern day, we have adults who act like this. For my podcast listeners, what you're hearing is two adults in rubber dog costumes barking at a husky. And when I tell you that this poor dog is traumatized. <laughs> Start the rapture. Start the rapture. That's all I have to say. Why in the actual hell did I just watch a video of two grown men in rubber dog suits crawl away from a husky on all fours after barking and traumatizing this poor dog? 
that is the result of your non-binary sexuality, gender, queer, fish identifying preschool teacher. Adults that identify as dogs on the street. And I wish I was exaggerating. I really do. But that's just modern day now. It's just the modern day now. I've reached a point where I feel like I, I truly have lost all hope. Where do we go from here? How do we move forward? What do you do when you're just, you know, trying to have a nice Tuesday, walk in your new little pup, and then these men crawl up to you on all fours in a rubber dog costume? What do you do? How do you respond? Where do you go from there? I don't know. Nobody knows. But this is the modern day. Now, if your child somehow maybe escapes the LGBTQ propaganda and indoctrination and makes it out of that portion of school without becoming gay, well, per the New York Times, high schoolers across the U.S. have reported some of the most alarming mental health declines evidenced by depression and suicide attempts. Adolescents have failed classes critical to their futures at higher rates than in previous years. And why is that? Because if teachers are not targeting your kids with sexuality nonsense that they shouldn't even be exposed to at those ages, well, the government's going to come in and lock them down and psychologically torture them. So those are the two options for your kids if you want to put them in the public school system. And if you think I'm being extreme about that, go look at the statistics, go look at what is going on in our school systems and go look at modern day society. Why do you think there's grown adults that are still wearing face masks and don't have the common sense to just say no, because they were raised by this public school system that kept them subservient and that told them that they had to listen to authority, that they have to do what authority says, that they can't question things, that they can only speak when spoken to. That is what our public school system produces. Not adults that are successful and conducive to society. To be quite honest with you, almost every single story that I've heard of successful people, whether that's in business, in media, in in any of these industries, the majority and the most successful of those people flunked out of school. I, I can't remember if it was like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. I, I believe maybe Steve Jobs, he even flunked out of school. Let me look that up right now. Oh my gosh, I have too many keyboards in front of me. Hold. Okay, fine. My computer doesn't want to work right now. Whatever. The point is, Wow, it really doesn't want to work. Fine. Sorry, my computer is sabotaging my entire show in live time. But the point of this entire thing here is that um, some of the most successful people in our society, they, they didn't, yeah, the Apple co-founder may be one of the most famous dropouts in history. Per Reed College, the liberal arts school in Oregon, which Steve Jobs left after just one semester. So... That was college for him. But again, college or high school dropouts, the most successful among us usually drop out because they're like, yeah, this isn't for me. And there's no point in me wasting my time and energy on these classes that I'm never going to use. But maybe some of these people did end up staying in college and they did get that full indoctrination. Then they end up like Alyssa, Mil Alyssa Mil Milano, 
who says 90% of the people I know have COVID, 100% are triple vax, and thankfully they have mild symptoms. We need to look at the vaccine like we look at a seatbelt. A seatbelt won't prevent you from getting in an accident, but it can prevent serious injury and death. Wear your seatbelt. So the reason we made the jump from, again, these kids dealing with these depression and anxiety rates to psychopathic Alyssa Milano is because this again is what our education system produces. And this is also what your modern average day adult is continuing to push that is keeping our children in this dastardly and awful situation that is destroying them psychologically. Now, there's so many things in this tweet that we can go over. And let's start off with that top part. 90% of the people that Alyssa Milano knows They have COVID. 100% of them are triple vaxxed. So what you're saying to me, Alyssa, is that, let's use some common sense here, is that the vaccination doesn't work. Okay. But then she goes on to say, well, it's because we need to look at the vaccine like a seatbelt. Like you you might not get in a car crash, but you should wear your seatbelt just in case. Well, the difference between a seatbelt and the vaccine is that a seatbelt isn't going to potentially give you myocarditis or make you infertile or murder you. There, there's a little bit of a difference there. And I've always talked about to you how the seatbelt was the initial, I guess, push in the normalization of the government coming in and dictating what we can and cannot do in our own private property. People always laugh at me and my friends joke with me because they're like, so have you really think that seatbelts were the segue to face masks? You're crazy. And I'm like, not necessarily, but look at where we are at as a society. We let the government come in and say, oh yeah, in your own private property, in your vehicle, if you're not wearing a seatbelt, we can pull you over and give you a ticket for that, for making your own decision on, again, whether or not you want to put your own body at risk, because that should be a personal choice to me, to be quite honest. We allowed that to come in and now look at us in the modern day. Now the government is like, well, for your health and safety, you have to take a vaccine. For your health and safety, you have to wear a face mask. For your health and safety, we're going to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing in your own private home with your families on Christmas. So I I don't know. I mean, just kind of follow that progression and follow that path. That's what I've deduced from it. Maybe I'm a psychopath. I don't know. Many of you listen to me, so maybe I'm not as crazy as I think I am. Let's keep going into the insanity that is facing our country, and again, what our school system has produced. From the Washington Post, men across America are getting vasectomies as an act of love. With the right to abortion under threat, men say they want to play a role in reproductive planning to support their partners. Good, get a vasectomy, great. You shouldn't be using abortion as birth control anyway. So get a vasectomy so you're not murdering children. Congratulations. I love it. This is the same exact argument as when abortionists are like, because abortion is under attack, we have to make a stand. And so we are going on strike and we will not have sex until this is reversed. And it's like, good, great. If you're not acting like a slut, then you won't be able to murder any children. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page with that one. That's beautiful. Please go on this strike forever. No one's having sex with your nasty ass anyway, but, uh, please continue to strike. Now, how did modern society get so messed up? We talked about the this era of decadence that we're all living through and just this psychopathic mentality that is constantly being pushed on all of us, that sexuality needs to be at the forefront, that men are women and women are men, and we need to be very progressive and just, you know, live and let live. 
But what have we done to our society? Look around you. Look at the traditional female. Look at the traditional male. If you go back to the 50s and 60s, for some reason, this this old video of the typical beauty routine of a woman from the 40s or 50s popped up on my YouTube feed. This beautiful woman with porcelain skin, her hair's curled up. She's got the pearls going. She looks like a beautiful, happy housewife. And then you jump to the modern day, and these are our women now. This was trending on Twitter, on my Twitter for the past two days for some reason. Demi Lovato and Saweetie just debuted shaved heads. Are full buzz cuts going to be the look for women in 2022? So you look to the past and women used to be these feminine and beautiful creatures. They used to have their hair done, their nails done. They would wear dresses. They had beautiful figures and they were dainty. They were traditional. And now we jump to the modern day and we have women who are trying to look like men. We have women that are shaving their heads. We have men that are acting like women. This is from the Sydney Morning Herald. The headline reads, meet the men taking their wives' surnames. The joy and uncomfortable conversation behind the decision of a growing number of men to throw off the shackles of an archaic martial marital tradition. Marital tradition. So basically, instead of these females taking their man's surname, as is tradition when they get married, the men are instead taking the woman's father's surname. So congratulations, you haven't broken anything. There's still a man involved in this and you're still taking the surname of a man. Congratulations, you played yourself. But anyways, that just goes further into the degradation of modern society and how the traditional roles of men and women have been so skewed to now where the traditional family is dead. Where we have shaved, fat, obese, bald-headed, psychopathic liberals pushing sexuality and the type of people that they're sleeping with to your preschooler. It's disturbing to say the least. And it gets worse because it's like, okay, yeah, the attack on our children and the next generation of voters is pretty bad. Uh, but let's go ahead and pop into our military and see how they're doing. Pronouns authorized, but not required in the U.S. Air Force. Congratulations to our military. They have decided instead of trying to retain their spot and their position as a military superpower, as the strongest in the world, they have decided to instead take the progressive route and authorize pronouns in their emails. Because that is what's going to save our country from a foreign attack. From military.com, Air Force gives permission for use of gender pronouns in email signatures. Citing the need for clear and effective communication, the Air Force has authorized the optional use of gender pronouns, he, him, she, her, and they, them, in the electronic signature blocks for official email correspondence. This is absolutely hilarious to me. Imagine our military members in the middle of a war and they're like, you know, freaking bullets are flying. They're in the trenches, blood spewing everywhere. They're in a war zone. This guy looks over and he's like, Hey dude, let's go. It's like, uh, did you just misgender me? I'm a they, them, uh, please don't use gendered pronouns or language around me because it really just, uh, you know, gives me a lot of anxiety. That's the future of our military. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm exaggerating, but honestly, um, many people in the military are getting out because of the woke progressivism that is constantly being pushed 
on members. It's not what they signed up for. My own little sister told me that she had to sit through a diversity and inclusion seminar for hours as a member of the reserves. And then again, from the Air Force, um, apparently Air Force members are supposed to vote on which logo they liked better. And as you guys can see here, we've got um, the diversity, equity and inclusivity logo. You can choose one on the left that's a diverse, equal, inclusive plane that, again, is still going to drop bombs on the children in foreign countries, but at least we're diverse about it. And then you got the one on the right, which just shows the globe with all of the LGBTQ colors defining our legacy together because we're progressive. And that's what matters. And that's what we're going to focus on in our military. Now, what else is going on in our military? On top of all of that nonsense, because if you think that that was bad, it gets worse. From the Charlotte Observer, military is cracking down on questionable tattoos to combat extremism. The U.S. Department of Defense has updated its screening process for new recruits to include questions about membership in extremist organizations and any questionable tattoos that might suggest affiliation with these groups. In a 21-page report detailing the Pentagon's plan to root out extremism, yes, this is the Pentagon, okay? An agency that is tasked with defending us from foreign enemies, the Pentagon, tasked with protecting our entire country, they are spending their time and energy on rooting out extremism in the military and cracking down on questionable tattoos. But what is a questionable tattoo in 2021? The American flag? An American eagle? A pro-Donald Trump tattoo? Who's laying out these guidelines? The Defense Department spelled out efforts to ensure only the best qualified recruits are selected for services. The report was spurred in large part by the January 6th attack on the Capitol, which included some retired and active duty service members. Defense Secretary Lloyd J. Austin said the overwhelming majority served with honor and integrity. But just in case we're going to come in and, uh, you know, if you have a questionable tattoo, like an American flag on your body instead of an LGBTQ flag. Sorry, but you can't be a part of the military. Oh, you're not a part of the uh, alphabet mafia? You can't be a part of our military. You know why you can't be a part of our military? Because when push comes to shove and we tell you the military to uh, turn on your fellow American, we need to make sure that it's the most psychopathic among you that hate white people, that hate anybody that's pro-1A, pro-2A. We only want those people on our military to ensure that if martial law is ever declared, they can, you know, beautifully orchestrate that event. So that's what this means. That is what this means. AP also reporting on this Pentagon issues rules aimed at stopping the rise of extremism. So, uh, again, in this article, it just basically says that service members are actively are not allowed to actively engage in extremist activities. And I believe also in this article, yep, the new policy lays out in detail the banned activities, which range from advocating terrorism or supporting the overthrow of the government to fundraising or rallying on behalf of an extremist group or liking or reposting extremist views on social media. So there you guys go and. Again, just to reiterate, what's an extremist view that you can't like or share on social media? Maybe something like, I don't think that the 2020 election was legitimate or I like Donald Trump. Guess what? You're an extremist. Now you're ousted out of the military.
And while the the Pentagon and all of the people that are tasked with making sure that America stays safe are focused in on that nonsense, what's actually going on in the streets of America? From Timcast, authorities planning to charge Instacart driver who ran over elderly couples' groceries because they had a pro-police sign. Law enforcement in Minnesota is planning to charge an Instacart driver who ran over an elderly couple's groceries because they had a pro-police sign at their home. On December 6th, the couple had placed an order when they were notified that the driver was almost there. They went out to the driveway to meet them because they were worried about the snow. When the couple opened the front door, the delivery driver yelled back at them to check inside of their Christmas wreath. They also reported the driver was driving back and forth in the driveway. Upon checking inside the wreath, they located the receipt from the grocery order with a derogatory message. And then um, this psychopath... And uh, for my podcast listeners, the image of this person is exactly what you would expect. They look soulless. They look lifeless. They have purple hair, runs over an elderly couple's groceries because they had the audacity to support the police. So those are the psychopaths that are, you know, allowed to run rampant on our streets. Uh, Let's also not forget the Waukesha massacre that occurred where a black supremacist went and violently ran over white people in a Christmas parade. New York Post put this out almost a week and a half ago. Not fitting their narrative, Waukesha feels abandoned after tragic parade attack. And this story basically goes on to say how the media swept this entire story under the rug, that the town feels completely abandoned. They feel betrayed. They feel like the media doesn't care about them. And the truth, the hard and real truth about it is that the media doesn't is that these intelligence agencies don't care about Americans' safe safety. They don't care about making sure that this type of thing doesn't happen again. Because they're so focused in on domestic terrorism and attacking Americans who have the audacity to push back against the government. What is happening right now is that our tyrannical government is trying to, again, great reset and fundamentally change everything where we're not allowed to question the government. We get arrested. We get detained if we push back against them in the slightest. You become a political prisoner if you go to the Capitol on January 6th and nobody is going to report on it. Only a select few people in Congress are actually going to come to your aid. And this is just a normal thing now. They're trying to normalize this so that people are scared to push back. People are scared to use their First Amendment right. And so that people do feel abandoned and they do understand that the government is not going to focus in on actually getting crime and real terrorism under control because there is domestic terrorists running around our streets. There's communists, Antifa and BLM. Did the FBI or the DOJ, did they, were they weaponized against those groups? No, we still don't know who half the people are that burned down our country last year. And then if you look at the corrupt district attorneys across the country that are continuing to let criminals out of jail for committing petty crimes in the name of bail reform. It's just the complete destruction of our entire country. And that's exactly what the government wants. I want you to feel abandoned and hopeless because they're not going to help you. They don't care about you. I don't know how much more clear I can be about that. Speaking of the uh, criminals that are running rampant from ABC seven, Amid a spike in vehicle break-ins, some Bay Area car owners have been deliberately leaving their trunks open in an effort to avoid forced entry by thieves. 
And then we uh, have this beautiful article from the LA Times. Smash and grab robbery rings aren't the chaos they seemed. They are organized, use social media and other communications to run heists. So I absolutely love to see it when uh, the media tries to say, well, actually, this is a good thing. You know, it's not really a mass smash and grab. It's organized retail theft let's call it what it is guys and if it's organized it means that it's more civilized and we should really stop overhyping what's going on here now getting back to marjorie taylor green's comments on national divorce getting back to whether or not people fleeing the east and west coast were red states getting back to that whole entire argument of whether those people should be allowed to vote i happened upon this thread from this Democrat gentleman who says, so here we go. I'm moving out of the Bay Area. This is obviously not a fresh opinion, but the framing may be slightly controversial. And he basically goes on this long thread about why he's leaving the Bay Area because of rising crime, because of the taxes, because of the government. Again, number one, it's hard to feel safe. We've experienced four home break-ins, one car break-in, other thefts and near assault. Uh, two, there is a, a social contract between the government and the citizens. We pay taxes and abide by the law and the government provides social services, but they haven't been doing that. Um, three, the environment is hostile to small businesses. And then it goes on and on and on. And then at the very bottom, it says... This is such a cliche, but we're moving to Miami. I know there's plenty to be apprehensive about. Worse politics, from our perspective, its own superficiality, weather issues, critters, guns, but lots to love about food, warmth, service industry, and vibrancy. And this is the portion of this thread here that we want to focus in on because this is the type of person that is fleeing California. This is the type of person that's fleeing New York or any of these other disgusting Democrat-run cities and states and coming to Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Miami, Florida, and coming in and saying, well, your politics are really bad and I'm going to fundamentally change them, even though uh, they're the same politics that I'm voting in, you know, from the, the state that I just fleed. But I'm going to do that in the name of progressivism. That's why we continue to see headlines like this one from Yahoo News. Nashville, Southern hospitality and affordability beckon Californians. And in this article, they go on to talk about the mass influx of Californians that are continuing to flood Tennessee. So that's what's currently happening in our country right now. That is how fundamentally, again, and demographically, these red states will be ultimately turned blue if we continue to allow this to happen. And this is where my frustration lies, because in the great state of Texas, we are supposed to be a predominantly red state. Florida is supposed to be a Republican stronghold. Tennessee is supposed to be a conservative escape in these areas where conservatives said, OK, fine, liberals have destroyed these areas. We're going to leave. Now, all of the liberals who have voted in these bad policies and see the realities of what they voted in. Now they're coming over to our states and they're trying to ruin them. No, get the F out, bro. Like, just leave. So. That's the current state of our country right now. Those are the two Americas. And um, it does sadden me to see how blue Texas continues to become by the day. Previously lived in Austin, personally watched that entire city deteriorate before my very eyes because of the Democrat mayor. I'm living up in Dallas now, seeing the exact same thing up here. Rising crime, COVID idiots, COVID idiots. <clears throat> It's so funny because the right were the ones that were originally called COVID idiots, but no, it's actually the left. 
that are the COVID cultists that refuse to get out of this nonsense. They, they refuse. So whatever, just get out of Texas. Uh, now, since we're on the topic of COVID, let's run through very quickly here some of our latest COVID news. Uh, Robert, Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology, was suspended from Twitter today with over 520,000 followers. But luckily for him, Joe Rogan is going to be having him on his podcast, I believe, tomorrow night. So stay tuned for that. And again, we have to ask the question, what did Twitter censor him for? What is Twitter trying to hide? Just the truth, just the reality of what's going on. Let's keep going from AP News. New COVID-19 cases in U.S. sort of highest levels on record. And we're only going to read the first sentence here because it's absolutely hilarious. More than a year after the vaccine was rolled out, new cases of COVID-19 in the U.S. have soared to their highest level on record at over 265,000 per day on average, a surge driven largely by Omicron. So, of course, they're going to blame Omicron on that one, not the fact that the vaccine does not work. From Australian news, French tennis star Benoit Pair rages after testing positive for COVID for the 250th time. So apparently he uh, tested positive for the 250th time and he's quoted saying, honestly, I can't deal with the COVID shit anymore. How am I doing? Because of COVID, I got a runny nose. But because of all these quarantines I've spent in a hotel room halfway across the world, I don't feel good mentally. Last year was tough and this year starts exactly the same. The 32-year-old is vaccinated and clarified he is 100% in favor of vaccines. But he's saying let people live before COVID, otherwise... Uh, let people live just as before COVID. Otherwise, he doesn't see the point. But there he goes. There's another example of what being pro-vaccination gets you. Absolutely nothing. Now, I wanted to show you guys this tweet because it was about PCR testing and the CDC and their latest update. But it's since been removed from Twitter as misinformation. Now, Twitter is being so heavily policed now by their brand new CEO, and uh, it's really not going to be a place where we're going to be able to find real news or truth. As you guys can see, I tried to pull this tweet up for you guys. Uh, it basically was talking about how the CDC put out a lab alert saying that the PCR tests do not differentiate between influenza viruses and COVID-19. And so everyone tweeted that out. And then fact checkers were like, actually, that's wrong. That is not true at all. And so I was like, okay, well, uh, let's go look for ourselves then. So I went to the CDC website. And on the CDC's website, it says the CDC encourages laboratories to consider adoption of a multiplex method that can facilitate detection and differentiation of SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses. So of course, fact checkers are trying to spin this and say, oh, well, it's because they just want people to start using tests that can differentiate whether you have the flu or COVID. But again, they're overlooking the entire definition of what differentiation means. And the assumption here that many people are making and the question that they're pointing out of, okay, so you're telling us that the PCR test didn't differentiate between the flu and COVID-19. I guess that's why the flu took a mysterious and unusual year off. We read that headline yesterday. Let's keep going. AP News, Austrian city hiring workers to administer fines, not hunt the vaccinated. We have our handy fact checkers coming in and saying that um, in Austria, the government is not hiring people to hunt down the unvaccinated. It's just hiring people to go find people that are unvaccinated and go find them. So the Austrian government is 
hiring people to hunt down the unvaccinated. Great. Okay. I'm, I'm glad we agree on that one. So uh, there you guys go. I wish I had one more article here for you. I guess I don't, but it's basically from Australia and how uh, the Australians that have been given fines the government is now coming in and taking those fines out of their bank accounts. And I talked about this in depth yesterday about how that is where all of this nonsense leads to here in America. We've talked about how in the UK, their vaccine passports are now a social credit score that is going to tell the government what said person's political leanings are, their criminal history, whether or not they should be allowed to rent a property. So it's now a social credit score. And then we're seeing in Australia, oh, well, the government is now going into their banks and just taking out those unconstitutional fines that they're imposing on these people for having the audacity to leave their houses. And then in Austria, we have the fact checkers, of course, coming in and saying that the government isn't hunting down the unvaccinated. They're just hiring people to find the unvaccinated and give them fines. So I just want us all to see the progression of where this leads to and how in America, if you do not say no to the vaccine and if you continue to give up your rights and freedoms, that's ultimately what that leads to because this never stops. This doesn't stop until you decide it does. So many people have decided they don't care whether or not it stops. I don't know why. If you want to live that way, good on you. If you want the government up your ass all day long, that's your decision. That's not how I want to live my life. So there's the tale of two Americas. Decide which one you want to live in because you need to make the choice now. You don't have much more time. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and this has been another episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you so much for tuning in.